Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners. Today, I am talking with someone you may have, probably most definitely have heard of. His name is Scott Duffy, and he's an incredible entrepreneur. He's a speaker. He's a brand ambassador. He's everything business relationship related. He's brilliant. Uh, He began his career working for uh, best-selling author and speaker, Tony Robbins, who I'm sure you know of. And he went on to work for several big media brands like CBS Sportsline, NBC Internet, Fox Sports. He also founded Smart Charter, which is an online booking tool for private aviation, which was then later acquired by Richard Branson's Virgin Group. So kind of a BFD. Um, Today, Scott's mission is to help people live their dreams through entrepreneurship. He's spoken at the New York Stock Exchange and he's provided commentary in numerous media outlets, including CNBC, Fox News, and CBS Radio. And right now, he's co-hosting a show called Business and Burgers, which I actually got to be a guest on and filmed a few weeks ago, which was a super blast. He's a best-selling author. He's just amazing. And he's got so many great stories about about failure, not just success, and also some really great takeaways that you'll hear in the interview. So take a good listen and please visit his site, which is scottduffy.com and enjoy the interview. Hey, Scott. I'm so excited that you're here on the show. It's so awesome to be here. I mean, you know, I'm such a big fan. I know, I know. And I'm such a big fan of yours. And I actually got to spend some time with you a couple of weeks ago filming, which was super exciting and such a blast and so delicious. And we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so glad you're on the show. So I'm going to jump right in. Cool. One of the reasons I think you're such a valuable guest for our listeners is that, you know, you've got this extensive, incredibly awesome background in business. You've worked with CBS Sportsline, NBC Internet, Fox Sports. You founded a company that was later acquired by Richard Branson. You're a best-selling author. It's just like, you know, obviously we can learn something from you about building a business today. You know, I just got to jump in because the funny thing is, when you mention all those big brands, right, yeah. and all that stuff, and you line them up, it all sounds so easy, right? Right. <laughs> but but here's the thing: the thing about being an entrepreneur is like your any path to success is like littered in failure, and so it's funny because every time I hear all of those all of those big brands, I'm thinking in the back of my head like this dialogue is running: if they only knew, they all only the stuff knew, right? The intro yeah. should start being about all the failures and then go into the. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is your show isn't long enough for all the films. Yeah. But you know what? That's such a critical point. Um, you, you have to fill your way forward, don't you? Well, well you do. I mean, I, I think if there was only one thing that I could say, like the most important asset that every entrepreneur needs is this, a bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and the reason is, is that being successful takes, you know, it takes not just failing, but it takes learning. And so I think that what's important is that it doesn't matter what we're doing, how big the goal is, right? Because we can get there. It's all about taking every single thing that happens to us and learning it, how to really package or repackage it in a way that helps to move us forward. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's like the best lesson. <laughs> and especially to anyone who, who asks, Hey, starting up a business, can you give me some advice? You know, I'm always saying you're going to fail <laughs> so many times and yeah. it's okay. And it's a good thing. You know, nobody just quickly arrives at success. And if they do, it's very rare. Can I, can I tell you when I think it's a good thing? Yeah. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Yeah. So from, from the perspective of being an entrepreneur, the number one job of any entrepreneur, first of all, it has nothing to do with business, right? It has nothing to do with writing a plan or building a great team or, or even execution around your business. The number one job of every entrepreneur is learning how to protect themselves. Oh. And so if things take longer than planned, they cost more than planned, they go sideways, you've protected yourself, at least financially, so that you can regroup and you can bounce right back. And so I think that, that failure is an important part of the process, but where we have to really protect ourselves is we have, we have to know that there's going to be bumps in the road and we have to protect ourselves at the very beginning of the process before we do anything else. And so like from a practical standpoint, what does that mean? What that means is like, let's say you have decided you're going to launch something new, or let's say that you're an existing company. And you've decided, hey, you've got a successful business, but you want to launch a new product or service. Same thing. What you have to determine up front is how much money you're willing to risk. And I'm, I'm just going to use the new business as an example, um, but it'll, the, the lesson applies to both. If you're the new business, let's say that number is 100 bucks, right? What you need to do on day one of your business is open a separate business checking account. And you have to take that $100 and put it there like today. Now, if that money is going to come from taking a mortgage on your house or cashing out your IRA or taking an automatic deduction from your company, well, what you have to do is you have to put that in that separate account because here's what happens. In business, when we're getting going, um, we've got an idea and we're super passionate about it. We start to execute, but it always takes more time and more money to get to where we want to go. Yes. But we get so caught up in the process, we keep throwing money at this thing. And then one day you wake up and you open up your bank account and there's no money, not just for the business, but for the mortgage. And so by putting money into a separate business account at the beginning, what happens is you can see your risk and it becomes real. You become less impulsive. You make better decisions. And there's a really good stopping point for you or a place to reevaluate if you, you should invest more. That's like tremendous advice. Because <laughs> we've all been there, right? Oh, yeah. We've spent too much. Absolutely. We've all stayed in too long. Right. So I want to talk a little bit before we jump into all the really juicy stuff. I want to talk about your background and how you got started. I know you started early in your career. You worked with Tony Robbins. And Eric and I love Tony. We've worked with him. He's He's just this incredible energy. I mean, everybody knows Tony and you can just feel it watching him on TV for five minutes. So when you're in the room with him and you have an hour long conversation, you're just like, oh, it's so true. It's so true. How did all that start? Well, so my path to Tony was, you know, let's think about it like a business because it really started from a big, just like horrible thing and like failure, right? <laughs> okay. That's what happened. So the true story is this. The true story is I was in school. I went to school down in San Diego at the University of San Diego. And at the end of midterm exams, each semester there's a tradition 
where the fraternities and sororities would all like get in our cars and we would drive south, south of the border of New Mexico, nine hours to a town called San Felipe. And in my junior year, I just happened to get done with, with my test early and I hopped in the car and I was going down early to set up. And long story short, um, we were about 90 miles south of the border, and we got in a horrific car accident. Oh, no. And, um, you know, it's kind of like this. I, I was really at that point. I loved college. It was the time of my life until this thing happened. And the question is, you know, how many times in all of our lives are we going down a road and, like, everything is jamming? It's like, as a business person, you may have put together the right plan and team and, and made the right calls and partners, and you're executing flawlessly. And then something, it's like, bam, comes out of nowhere and knocks you off course. Yes. And everything that you've done up to that point, you kind of have to throw it away and you have to start over. Right. Well, that's what happened to me. I mean, the result of that accident, I had two brain hemorrhages. It took hours before we got treated, all this stuff. I ended up having to drop out of school to recover. But here's what happened. What happened was um, I had some awesome roommates. And I had bought about a year before Tony Robbins' first tapes that he sold on TV. And I had them, but I never listened to them. And my roommate comes in one day, and he, with, with a, this is how old, right, I am, with, with a cassette tape. Okay. And What's he says that? to me, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thinks you should listen to this while you're getting better. And it was a motivational book on tape, and it was from a guy named Dennis Waitley. Okay. And so, but I, you know, with my head injuries, you know, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't do anything except lay down all day. So I started listening to this tape and then I started listening to Tony's tapes. And then my roommates got wind of this is what I was doing during the day. And their dads started giving me more. So before you knew it, I had this library of Tony Robbins, Dennis Waitley and Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and all these motivational guys. Right. So I made a commitment to myself that when I got better, I wanted to go work for one as an intern. And finish school. And the first person I applied to work for, because he, he was the closest to school and where I lived was Tony Robbins. And instead of an internship, I got offered this cool job. And and I think that, you know, the biggest lesson I learned from that whole experience was this. About a year later, we're having a team lunch in, in Seattle, and I was sitting next to Tony, and I said, you know, I don't know if you know how I got to you. Like, this thing happened. It was like the worst thing I could have imagined. Sometimes that happens in business. And I said, but out of it, I developed this habit of, li like, listening to motivational tapes. And I said, out of it, I met you. And out of it, I learned all this stuff and made these incredible friends. And he stopped me. And he said, I always want you to remember this. He said, in life, you have good days and you have bad days. But you don't know which is which until sometime way down the line you don't know what you're going to make of the experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just got, I just got goosebumps. So it's yeah. so true. And it's life and it's business and it doesn't matter. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's one of those things that you got to kind of repeat to yourself every day is, you know, if I'm having a rough day, well, I got to figure out what I'm going to make of it right. to help propel me forward. Oh, wow. That was really powerful. <laughs> so, now, flash forward a bit. How did you go from there? And I know there's so much that happens in between yeah. to this company, creating a company that Richard Branson later acquires. <laughs> well, well, you know, pretty much the way I got there was by um, trying a lot of stuff. 
I, I was really fortunate. After I was in the training business, I shifted into technology. I moved from Southern California up to the Bay Area, and it was very early in the consumer internet space. And what that meant was I was on startup teams, launch teams, really early stage in companies that became these big brands. And I had really amazing mentors, and I got to watch people take an idea and bring it to life and bring it to market. I got to watch how they experience the same problems that all of us have every day running businesses and how they did it and how they got it. I had some great mentors. With regard to, to Virgin, I was in a place where, um, you know, sometimes sometimes we find ourselves in this place in life where we have all this, this like, energy, passion, drive, but we can't seem to get a break. You know, and we know that if we, we got a break, like if we got that job or if, if somebody just put a little bit of money into my idea or I made that first, like everything would change. Right. I couldn't find my break. And I was so frustrated. And um, I got a call. I got offered this thing. And long story short, a, a buddy of mine convinces me to get in the private aviation business. It was a business that, see, like in commercial aviation, You've got American and Southwest, and you have like six airlines, and they control all the passenger seats. So if you're a business like Expedia, as an example, it's really simple to create a booking engine online. You just connect to six company schedules. In private aviation, there were 2,500, not six, 2,500 operators, and the average operator only had three planes. And no one had ever created like that online booking system for those guys. And so what I did is I had that idea, decided to build that business, brought in some amazing people. And then the way the whole thing happened, like was exactly the way you would expect not to happen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because like looking back, I would think there'd be some like super cool story about how like I went in and I sold it. That's totally not what happened. Right. Yeah. What happened was, I started to raise money for the business and um, I got a call and this is how, can we talk about relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if I were to look back at myself and like I was going to college, a lot of kids, a lot of family friends are going to college right now for the first time and I could tell myself anything. What I tell myself is this, is that the secret to success is not outworking everybody. That is not it. And that's what I believe for most of my life. The secret to success is building great relationships, mutually beneficial relationships. And what happened with uh, with me and with Virgin is I was, going back to that story, is um, I was dating my, my now wife. She was in New York. I was in Southern California. I went to dinner one night with a bunch of people. And the guy sitting next to me, I was at breakfast, the guy sitting next to me worked for Virgin. And we started to talk. And after that night, we talked a couple more times, kind of built this little relationship. A couple years later, he calls me on a weekend. He leaves me a voicemail. And he says, hey, um, Scott, this is, this is, you know, who it was. He said, I still work for Virgin. And we're thinking about getting in private aviation. And I'm at a party right now. And somebody at the party is saying, well, before you do that, you should talk to this guy, Scott Duffy, who lives in Southern California. And he said, if you're, the, if you're the same Scott Duffy working on this, would you give me a call? <laughs> right? Wow. How, how crazy is that? That's so, crazy. So I called him on Monday, and basically he told me what they were up to. He said, next time you're in New York, he said, would you be willing to sit down with the team and talk about, you know, doing, you know, let them pitch you? 
And I said, sure. And he said, well, when are you going to be in New York next? And I said, it just so happens I'm there tomorrow for meetings. And so we scheduled a meeting. Well, here's the thing. I didn't have a meeting in New York. I took the red (laughs) off that night and I went to New York because like sometimes in life, you just got to position yourself, right? Yes, definitely. (laughs) So so I go there and I sit there and long story short, they shared what they were working on. I gave them my feedback. They asked what I was working on. I shared it. And that's what led to uh, Virgin making an initial investment and eventually uh, acquiring the whole thing. Wow. Wow. I wish it were a better story, but it was kind of like, like those entrepreneur stories, how we, you know, sometimes, you know, you just, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you just have to, instead of planning everything and hoping everything goes right, you have to take what's given to you and you have to look at what's right in front of you and you got to take action. Yes. Well, that's so true. And that, you know, in a way that that ties into something else I wanted to talk about with you, um, because I see this happen a lot with entrepreneurs is they don't take what's, you know, what's in front of them. Um, and a lot of times they, they spend so much time on perfection. So whether it's a service or a product or something that they want to launch, they're so worried about sticking on that track and kind of close themselves off to any other opportunity because they're looking for perfection. And I I remember when I first met you so many years ago, you had said to me, launch fast and launch often. And I think it was about the time you were, you were writing your book. Um, and it just completely resonated with me. You know, we were talking about Apple and iPhones and and Mm -hmm. all of this. and, And I thought, wow, that's just, genius. And you know, how many times have I seen people that spend so much time? Nope, this has got to be this. Nope, this has got to be that. And they're just so worried about this perfect product that they end up missing out. And so I wanted you to talk about launch fast and launch often. Tell us about that. What happens to people that don't do that? You know, why, why it's a detriment? Well, I think there's two, there's two things there. The first is one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is they fail just to start. And they feel they, they fail to start because they think they need to have every single thing in place before they jump in. Yeah. They got to have the financing and the plan and the team and all this kind of stuff. But what I've learned, so I, I've had a chance. I've been really lucky. I've had a chance and I positioned myself, right? I've been really fortunate to work around people that started all these big branded companies and around guys like a Tony Robbins or Richard Branson. And one of the things that is a character that they all have is none of them wait. Right. Instead of what they do is they learn how they have a big vision and they learn how to, to acquire the resources that they, they need each and every step of the way. And so that's a big difference. They, they understand the difference between having all the resources and just being resourceful. Right. And so they, they jump in. And so when you jump in, that's really where launching fast and launching often kind of comes into play. I think that, that most people think that more is better. I got to have more or a bigger product. I've got to have more or more financing. I can have, have more features. I can have more, all this stuff, more time, whatever. But more to me means more complexity. It means more is at risk, more potential things you could do wrong. So what I say is this. I always say, instead of building everything, build one thing. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be the hardest. It should be the simplest, right? Like seriously, the most minimum viable product. And get that into people's hands as fast as you possibly can and let them give you feedback and then iterate, right, and improve it based on what you learn. I'll tell you, can we talk about failure for a second? Yeah. I hate this topic, but I love this topic. So I love it. <laughs> it's so painful. That's the hate part. But it makes me feel lesson. better. I love it. 
Yeah. So I remember when I worked for Virgin. This is, I mean, this is like a, this is a really embarrassing story to share because it is so it is such a dumb mistake I made. But here's what we did. We had a product. So I had a vision for a product, and basically I said, "This is what I want it to be." I drew it on a napkin. I still have the napkin. Actually, somebody saved the napkin from the meeting at the coffee shop, and the day that we launched gave me the napkin, the original one, which is kind of cool. So I had this idea. Okay, I went out and I talked to buyers and I talked to sellers, and I, and I said, "What do you think of this idea? Give me your feedback. How can we make this work for you?" And so what happened was we started to build a product around it. Now, two things. One, I've learned buyers are liars, particularly. When it comes to technology products, because what happens is you can you can tell someone conceptually what you're going to build, but until they have a chance to go to your homepage, and you can watch what they're clicking on, and what they do there. See, people they don't mean to lie; they just don't know until they're actually using it. Yeah. Or if you have a deli, until they taste it, or to you see what I'm saying. Right. And and so and so what happened with us is we started to build. And then what happened was we got in this trap of like going, well, if they want this, what if we added these features? And so we developed what you call a product roadmap. And it was on a whiteboard in this in the tech area. And what we had is we had a list of all the things that we were going to build. And at one time, there were at least 50, and there were probably close to 100 things. Every idea people had. And we just started working our way down the list. Here's what happened. We kept waiting to launch, right? We kept waiting, waiting, waiting. Right? We kept building, 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 trying to make it perfect. And then when we launched, people just did not use the site the way that we thought they would. Right? They, they started to use it. They're like, wait, if I can really do this, here's what I'd want to do next. Uh. Right? If I can go here, then I'd want to go there. So what we did is when I saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh, total panic, panic attacks. Right? And I said, that, I said so what are we going to do? So what we did is we made these little teams. We take a salesperson, a biz dev person, and an engineer, and we would send them to client meetings, and we would have them go through the product, and we basically reassessed our clients' needs now that they could touch the product. Here's what happened. The top 10 things people wanted were not even close to our top 10 of what we were going to build. Yeah. We completely had our roadmap upside down. <laughs> And, and it's like, oh my gosh, we lost all that time and money. So, you know, what I say is this, launch with one thing and let your customers tell you what to do and what to build next. Yes. And and that's how you, you build loyalty as well. Yeah, that's right. Because they feel, you know, heard and, and they feel like, okay, they, they're listening to my feedback. Like I know that Apple's going to come out with a product that I'm going to like, I'm going to like better than the last every single time because they're listening. That's right. That's right. So. We're talking a lot about, you know, startups and products and, you know, these are, these are entrepreneurs who, who start these businesses or have a service or a product that they want to launch. Can you talk about, and I know you have this great talk and I'd love to touch on it a little bit, kind of like how, how the business world has evolved from big corporations, big businesses into, you know, they used to have the big gain and now it's like entrepreneurs are having the bigger, better advantages. And you talk about why that is. And and I guess the intent here is people get discouraged, right? It's it's a hard thing to be an entrepreneur. It's a hard thing to put your life on the line for a business. But I'd love to talk about 
why it's so important and, and why they're having these, these better gains than, than the bigger businesses. Well, it used to be that big companies had every advantage, yeah. right? Yeah. They, they, they had all the money. Everything was really expensive to do. And, and change happened linearly. Like you could be a big company and you could look outside your window and see your competitor right. out there. Right. right. Because the cost to get started, the cost of all, it was just, that's the way life was. But today, things don't change linearly. Life happens, life changes, business changes exponentially. Wow, does it move fast. Yeah. And the thing is, big companies can't move that fast. And entrepreneurs today, they get fat, they can move faster, they can be more agile, they can get closer to customers, they can learn, they can integrate, they can do all that stuff. And the costs of starting and running business have come down tremendously. I mean, I remember back in the day when we had those companies like the, the CBS Sports Lines or the NBC Internets or whatever, you know, we had to spend tons of money on just like setting up an email system, yeah, right? Or hosting our website. And, and to, to folks that are, are really young that weren't you know, really in business before cloud computing, this stuff was really expensive. Yeah. And, and so today, the entrepreneur, because of their ability um, to get close and to move fast, has every advantage as long as, as long as they listen. See, it used to be the big company that I was afraid of. I'm telling you, it used to be that company because I, I would think they can outthink and outspend me. Right today, can I tell you who I'm the most afraid of? I'm the most afraid of the person that I say has the modern day PhD, mm-hmm. and what that means is they are poor, hungry, and driven, and they want to eat your lunch. I love that. Yeah. They are the people that that are not afraid to try new things, that are willing to listen, that are really, really into getting close to customers because they're doing what they're passionate about, right? And that's the dream that they're living. That's the guy that I'm worried about. And the thing is, is as entrepreneurs, that's our challenge. Our challenge is to act like that person, right? And get close to people, to listen, get feedback, and and, and iterate. Totally. <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna segue cleverly into something else. Entrepreneurs, cool. you are you've got this show that you're co-hosting, mm. um, and it's called Business and Burgers, and you bring some of the coolest entrepreneurs onto that show. And like the, the cool twist to it is, is that you're always at this amazing burger joint. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we can't wait. We can't wait to show you. We, we had you in summer and you did amazing. And we can't wait to show that episode. It's oh my gosh. I can't wait. Yeah. So as we're talking about all this, cause I find myself, you know, here I am and I'm an entrepreneur and I, and I talk to different entrepreneurs all the time and I, I'm constantly, whether it's something I'm relearning where, you know, I've learned it once before, but it just hits you differently. You know, the, the 50th time that you hear it, yeah. I'm wondering, you know, here you are surrounded by all of these entrepreneurs that you're interviewing over delicious burgers. Do you, Scott Duffy, are you still learning from these people? Do you still walk away going, oh my gosh, oh yeah, or something totally new comes up? I wonder that. Yeah, I definitely learn. I'm totally inspired. Yeah. So um, just a little bit about the show. So it, it's a search, Business and Burgers, it's a search for the best burger in America. Okay. And we say a side of tasty uh, business advice. And, and what happens is we go to a new city every month, me and my co-host, Alan Taylor, and we go, we end up in these, these amazing places and we invite the top entrepreneurs from that city, like Summer, to come in and really share the lessons that they've learned in business over burgers. And you can find it at businessandburgers.com. Here's the thing that I really take away from it, and this is what amazes me the most, is that 
you know, years ago, a zillion years ago, when I worked at Fox Sports, there was this study that was conducted. And basically what happened was all the different Fox Sports divisions put in um, to this thing where, where the study was with 13 to 18-year-old boys. And the idea was to learn what 13 to 18-year-old boys at that time paid attention to, what they wanted most, so that Fox could then develop programming for that upcoming generation. Make sense? Yes. So here's the thing. At that time, it was like the height of Michael Jordan. It was like the height of Shaquille O'Neal. And there were all these other Tiger Woods, these other really big branded athletes at the time that were all over the newspapers, right? Yeah. Everything like that. One of the first questions was, who is the most recognizable athlete to 13 to 18-year-old boys at the time? But guess who it was? Who? Tony Hawk. Oh. The skateboarder. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so the study continued to dig deeper and deeper into that answer. And here was the takeaway. I love Tony Hawk because I can relate to him. Yes. And I can get on a skateboard in my backyard, too, and maybe I can do those tricks. And but man, how, how old is he, Scott, now? Tony, uh, Tony, he's somewhere between forty-five and fifty, I think. Right, and my and my boys and my one of my good friends, her son, are like so into Tony Hawk, you know. Yeah. And, and, and these kids are, you know, eleven and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even Eric met him actually and had them shoot a video. Had him shoot a video over to them, and they were just like, <gasps> they were the coolest kids at school. <laughs> wow, that, yeah. that is the, that but is it's the, just the like you're saying, story. yeah. He, here's this guy who's you know so much older, and they're just like, <gasps> you know, yeah. And, and, and they look up to him. And they're like, maybe one day I can do that. Like yeah. maybe one yeah. day I can write the top five or whatever it is. Versus, I don't know if I could ever make a hundred million dollars in a contract. Right. Here's what we're learning on the Business and Burger Show is that people are really resonating this because they're like, I can relate to that person. Yeah. And I'm living that story and I can see I can get out of it and I can see how to get out of it and I know I can be that. And so that's what's been the most magical to me is is here's the thing. Every single one of us has a story. Yes. We've got great stories and we've got hard stories. It's all about how we tell it. And, and so, you know, I think that the, the number one thing that I've learned and the number one, you know, thing that I, I would like to just get across to people is this, is that most people don't realize how close they are to success the moment before they decide to quit. And, and success usually comes in those moments from reading one new book and, and you learn that one thing or it's having one new conversation or in this case, finding people that have been in the exact same place as you. And then learning how they did it and getting out. Yeah. Wow. Well, (laughs) I'm inspired yet again. Scott, there's so much about you and there's so much that you're doing. And I know that we could go on for an entire day, (laughs) but I know, I know our time is limited and I know that everyone who's, who's listening, who wants to find out more about Scott and hear even more stories and see more about what he's doing, you can go to scottduffy.com and you'll be able to link to business and burgers and all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Scott, it's been so wonderful spending time with you. I always love it. You're so much fun. <laughs> I had so much fun doing the show with you, business and burgers with you and Alan, because you guys are both total goofs. Yeah, I'm a goof too, so it worked out really well. And thank you so much. 
Thank you for having me here. And uh, to everyone working on a business out there or thinking about a business or, or whatever, um, best of luck. And, and I know you're going you're gonna to go crush it. Yes, you will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.